Badass. Welcome to the Radiant Badass. If you like your suburban mom with a side of punk and your spirituality laced with pop culture references, friend, you are home. I'm your host, Elizabeth Holmes. I'm so glad you're here. Let's have some fun. Hey, friends. Welcome. Just to let you know, this week's episode is going to be a little nostalgia heavy, you know, so prepare yourself. Fair warning and all that. I'm just going to jump into it. So I was one of those little girls who were super into those teen fan magazines for more than a hot minute. Do you remember them? If you remember them, I'm talking like Teen Beat, Tiger Beat. Uh, I think one was called Bop. We can get into that, but I'm not going to. Uh, There was one called 16, which is not to be confused with the Teen Girl magazine, 17. Uh, 17 and its friends, like Teen Magazine and Sassy Magazine. Those are more like starter women's magazines uh, for the preteen set with articles and fashion and stuff like that. And the magazines I'm talking about today were the ones that were just like pure starfucker material, like just PR sheets. And I didn't know that. Of course, I was little. I was obsessed. So before we get more into this, I will own right here, right now, that I could not have been a more basic kid. I would love to pretend like I popped out of the womb as a full-on cynical Wednesday Adams type character, smoking a clove and being judgmental. Uh, But alas, no, uh, that darkness descended on me in more of a natural order of things. And I arrived here pretty much with the U.S. cultural factory settings. And that means I was all about Barbie. I loved Little House on the Prairie, uh, both the books and the TV series and actually anything pioneer related. So obsessed. Uh, For a couple years, I carried as my highest aspiration to have someone, preferably an all-American blonde boy, uh, ask me to prom uh, where I would wear a baby pink gunny sacks dress. That's where I was at, folks. I was also very into the Donnie and Marie Osmond show. And I had a minor elementary school flirtation with Mormonism as a result of that. Actually, that did, in fact, result in a lifelong fascination with Mormonism. But more to my point here is I was in pursuit of that vanilla lifestyle. If it had been a thing back then, like, I'm sure as a kid, I would have been saying shit like, I just have to have my Starbucks. That's how basic. Okay. (laughs) And I'm going to say, like, it feels really good to just admit that. Like, hey, I got past it. And all of us are many different people over the course of our lifetimes, right? I just started out a little basic. So here, let me set a scene for you. We find our basic little Elizabeth begging her grandma Lou for the most recent Tiger Beat magazine during a trip to the grocery store. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Grandma Lou always came through for her girl. 
that may have been related to the fact that she was picking up the most recent copy of Soap Opera Weekly during the same trip. Like, who's to say? But we both got our celebrity crush on, didn't we? So I got to thinking about those magazines when I was folding laundry this morning. And if you know them, you know the cell lines on the cover were always something like, win a date with Sean Cassidy, or Corey Haim tells us exactly what he really wants in a girl. Or um, this was one of my favorites, like, has fame changed Johnny Depp? Um, Yes to that last one. Okay. And there were always like a centerfold picture of someone like Rob Lowe or maybe a band like New Kids on the Block or Duran Duran. And and those cell lines, man, clickbait could learn a thing or two from those old lines. Like they were irresistible. I honestly have no idea why they popped into my head while I was folding towels. The mind is a weird thing. But I was thinking about how immersed I was in all of that and like my obsession and pestering my grandma and how much I loved amassing this quote unquote knowledge about the personalities of all these celebrities that I had these massive crushes on. A big thing about these magazines uh, that I see now is how much they influenced my developing sense of womanhood and what intimate relationships should look like, right? Since the other strong influence I had at the time was watching soap operas with uh, Grandma Lou, let's just say that we don't have time to unpack all of those issues on the episode here today. Because, yikes, uh, lots of unlearning I've had to do in that area since my 20s. Between Tiger Beat giving me specific attributes I needed if I wanted Matt Dillon to check me out, and then... 17 magazine running the racket of offering the details of how to shape myself into that ideal. How did I stand a chance? Right. And when I put it like that, like it's gross, right? But I didn't know any better. And I noticed there's no analog in popular media telling men how to contort themselves to be more appealing partners or itemizing everything they could change about themselves to make them more worthy of attention. You know? I'm just saying. And that's all super valid. Uh, And honestly, it's not really where my head was at when I was folding the towels. Instead, I was thinking, like, what if they had updated fan type magazines like that? I know you could say, like, People and Us magazine are out there. I feel like they try to act like something they aren't. I'm thinking about a magazine that just stays true to pumping out celebrity PR, just the good stuff, not a scandal sheet, no true crime. I just, I just like pure tiger beat, right? And maybe, just maybe, these new magazines, they could target maybe an older demographic that grew up with the teen versions and maybe kind of meet us where we're at today, you know? Um, so I was thinking, and I was making up these cell lines while I was folding towels. So cell lines today for these magazines would be more like, win a beer with Keanu. It doesn't have to be weird. Or um, three times Pedro Pascal revived menopausal sex drives. I mean, I would turn the page for that, right? 
Uh, maybe something like hot pics of Rob Lowe doing the grocery shopping completely on his own without texting any questions and totally nailing it. You know, something like that. That one's pretty long, but you get it. Uh, I also, I think it's fun uh, that Rob Lowe would still dominate the genre. Honestly, he would still be centerfold material. I just want to take a moment, Mr. Lowe. I salute your genetics and your commitment to fitness and staying relevant. Like, well done, my man. In my imagination, instead of featuring um, what Jason Momoa likes in a woman, it'd be a story about how Jason Momoa really prefers partners who have like maybe a little pot belly because their hormones are messed up. And he finds that charming or sexy. I don't know. Hey, a girl can dream, right? It's very likely I would buy a magazine like that. I'm not even kidding. There would have to be some lower age limit on the celebrities they could feature, though. Maybe guys no younger than probably around 35-ish. 30, 35. Because I got to be real about this. The closer... A celebrity's age is to the age of my son, the creepier it feels to check the guy out in that way, right? Austin Butler is around 30, I think, and I felt a little gross thinking he was hot when I was watching Elvis. I kept telling myself, you know, hey, it's Elvis, it's Elvis, and that's fine because Elvis was older than me. Didn't really work, still felt a little creepy. And, you know, back in the day, the The teen magazines, when I think about it, the teen magazines would sometimes feature a grown-ass man on the cover. Um, I'm thinking like Bruce Willis or Don Johnson. Uh, That was creepy in the other way, right? Too old. For sure, it targeted those girls with major daddy issues, but still creepy. And I'm talking like daddy issues. I'm not talking about like daddy in today's vernacular. My imaginary magazines, I would also like it if they didn't just feature guys. Uh, I am coming at this as a cishet woman, so that's my lens. But I would like the magazine to expand to cover all genders. I mean, as long as they're hot, right? Throw in a picture of Megan Fox with a cell line of, I don't know, um, maybe exceptionally hot girls get cheated on by their garbage boyfriends too, right? That's relatable. Maybe there'd be a join Aubrey Plaza's coven contest. I mean, I, I would sign up for that. I have a major thing for Tignataro. I may have talked about this before, but I'd be down for some cover art featuring Tig. Tig is like her own thing. And I dig it, man. Like, I don't mean to go off on a Tig tangent, but I can't be the only one afflicted by this. And I'm thinking maybe her cell line is... Tig tells us her secret (laughs) and then you flip to the page and the secret is that Tig is just entirely herself all the time. That would be a great lesson for anyone. Anyway, I miss those dumb magazines and uh, probably I might be a little nostalgic for that time in my life. I miss the innocence. I miss the innocence of the excitement I would feel when I would be reading about Scott Baio's perfect date And realizing, like, that's my idea of a perfect date, too. When today, thanks to social media, I know that Scott Baio is trash. So, hmm. I don't have a big takeaway for today's episode. I don't think there's anything in here today that's going to make you go, hmm. 
Like maybe you'll just think on those magazines and have a like warm thought. I can say for sure that none of the strategies pitched in those fan magazines or the 17 type magazines either for getting a dude ever worked out for me. Okay, possibly short term, very short term. What did work out for me was being myself. Being so completely myself, I could have probably been a little bit less myself and he still would have gotten plenty of the flavor, right? (laughs) He got hit with a lot, so he knew what he was getting into. So I guess if that is Tig's tip, uh, if that's Tig's secret, um, it does work. And it figures because she's amazing. That's this week's episode of The Radiant Badass. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week.